0: Thanks so much to PodPlays Podcast, bringing great stories, epic songs, audio dramas that are a movie for your ears. Within each story, you'll discover new and original music by Nashville's top hit songwriters. Visit PodPlays.com to find the stories, the app, and links to follow PodPlays on all your favorite social media sites. All right, let's get this thing started. It feels like it's been going on for three hours. (laughs) Crank it off, Ben. This is the Marty Ray Project Chats. And I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from, where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to The Project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. He's a singer, songwriter, and actor that has played a big part of the soundtrack of my life. He was the singing voice of Mark Wahlberg in the movie Rockstar, and he even played bass as Ricky Bell in that fake band as well. He's released 15 albums by my count and hopefully an acoustic album coming soon, so I can download it. He's the lead singer of the legendary band, The Verve Pipe. My buddy, I hope, after all that we've been through together now, because I just said he was, my buddy, Brian Vander Ark. Thank you Thank for your patience.
1: You oh, thanks
0: for having me. This is nice. Yeah. Isn't it nice to struggle?
1: It, it's nice to. Uh, well, it's the after struggle. It's it's a lot like it's a lot like sex, I guess. You know, it's that you bathe. Now we bathe in the afterglow of each other's presence. And uh, I know I'm bathing in years. Yeah, it, just, it just made me feel uncomfortable. All It that. made me
0: feel real comfortable. Sex and bathing. I'm like, wait a minute. What well, he's not oh, telling man. you? Is That really is what he does on a daily basis. He bathes in my afterglow.
1: Yeah, you're saying that sex and bathing don't go together? Is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, well, my afterglow really right. goes with anything. It's like soul glow. Remember that? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I know you do. Just
1: let, let, you let your soul glow. soul glow.
0: Yeah, baby.
1: Just let it shine through. So
0: yeah. good. Chris, so good. you want to get in on this or? No, I'll pass. That's a no-glow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. That's hey,
2: a no glow. We,
0: <laughs> that's a no-glow for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, uh, we start every show with a uh, fast five. We ask you five quick questions, and we never get five okay. answers. Sometimes we don't get any at all, but we're going to see how you do on it. Cool? All right. Let's do it. Yeah. If a song played every time you entered a room, what would it be?
1: Uh, Taxi by Harry Chapin. <laughs> what in the freak is that song? Where- it was raining hard in Frisco. I needed one more fare to make my night. Remember, he's a taxi driver and he picks up a girl and she's an actress. And then he realizes that they knew each other a long time ago. And now she's this famous actor. And then you know, and then she gives him a twenty dollar tip. And then he get. Now I'm flying so high. She was going to be an actress and I was going to learn to fly. And in the end, he flies by getting stoned. That's the wow. last line of the song. Wow. You don't know "Taxi." You've heard this. I have heard it. Yeah, really. Yeah. Oh my God. Is this? This you seems know, obscure. Harry Chapin did "Cats in the Cradle," and uh, oh, you he should did hear "Cats you, in the Cradle." Think, listen, they, they were all story songs. Harry Chapin was great at story songs. You you put the headphones on, you get lost in that world. He's got a story for every song. I love it. Well, I've definitely love heard
0: it. "Cats in the Cradle." No question about it.
1: Okay, well I switched my answer to Cats in the Cradle just for the ease
0: <laughs> He's telling what you just want him to please, say. Yeah. Can, <laughs> can I just can I just send you your answers? That's what we're talking about every show. I'll just send you what I want you to say. It. <laughs> you know how some Podcast people will send you the questions they're oh, yeah. going to ask before you enter, before they yeah, interview. For some you. reason,
1: I thought these were I thought these were rapid five questions. This is yeah. like the longest yeah, no, first question. They no, said that's they, the name of them. They just, no, just said that was the name. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <okay. laughs> yeah.
0: and it wasn't rapid; it was fast five. Okay, Brian. I know you think you <laughs> know us, but you don't.
2: Okay,
1: you guys really know everything's slow in the south. You really do. Are you guys in the south right now? Where are you? I don't even
0: know. We're so deep in the south that uh, we're almost not in the united states Man. okay yep and that's i'm leaving deep. it there
1: it's gotta be below indiana right
0: <laughs> way below indiana. I know anything <laughs>
2: below indiana
0: yeah that's where you're at i think right
1: in michigan so about halfway to Indiana, through indiana that's as far south as i've ever been nice what really that's a joke that's to you know touring how does that work
0: <laughs> we're actually in nashville i know you've been here I have been there. Right,
1: some of my best friends are there. But right,
0: anyways. I know I'm here. I appreciate you, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: buddy. Uh, he's like, yeah, uh, buddy. <laughs> you
1: want to call this the not so fast five?
0: Uh, I, look, I don't appreciate you trying to change the name of my show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you might have had patience, but it uh, you know that is not going to get you uh the name of my show changed
2: okay?
0: and my segments. Now, here we go with this fast five. Are you ready, Brian?
1: (laughs) You're holding us up. It's fast four now. It's fast four by
0: now. You're holding us up,
2: Brian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who would play you in a movie about you? Uh,
1: My wife. (laughs) She would nail it.
0: He figures out how to come over. He's good at coming up with some random answers. I'll tell you that. I think he had that in his head before we even asked the question.
1: That's the truth. truth
0: Your wife. Okay.
1: My wife could play me great.
0: <laughs> if you could shoot one condiment from your belly button, what would it be?
1: Uh, condiment? Oh, I would definitely do mustard, but it would have to be German mustard. Oof. Mm. Why would it be German mustard, Brian? Well, because it, that's all I eat. I love to eat German food. I'm a huge German food fan. So you sauerkraut, schnitzel. Fan? The bratwurst, the schnitzel. Oh, I make schnitzel for my kids. They love it. I bang Oops. the pork. You bang the pork. That sounds like uh, something I did as a
2: teenager. (laughs) I
0: did did that a lot as a teenager for sure. Uh, I know all about that. Uh, What is a schnitzel? What is a
1: schnitzel? Schnitzel is uh, you 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 take like you can take chicken or pork, and then you uh, you you beat it into like a paper thin bit, and then you bread it, and then you fry it, and uh, add a little bit of capers and that kind of thing. It's delicious with a Mm -hmm. with a hefeweizen beer. Oh Oh, yeah, get it. Is and Haggis, then you squirt German? some Scottish? Haggis? No, Haggis. Haggis is That's a Scottish. Swish. That's good. <laughs> yeah, but sure. imagine that. Uh, imagine that schnitzel, and then you squirt some of that German mustard out of mm. my belly button.
0: Yeah. Oh my oh, god! Oh
1: man, that, sounds great. There you got Out of
0: your belly button with a little bit of your afterglow on it. There's nothing better. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. No. Matter of fact, chef's kiss. <laughs> They should name a mustard. <laughs> they should name a mustard after Brian called after Belly mustard. Yeah, Belly Brian Brian's belly mustard. German belly mustard. Yeah. Uh, on, on on onward on this fast five. Let's see. If you were a transformer. I Hope you know what that is, surely. Sure of course. Would you need life insurance or car insurance? Car insurance for sure. Not life insurance, they're not alive. You don't I, no, I'm, I'm with you. There's no heartbeat. You know transformer oh, no as far transform. as i know what do you no know good no heart he dies, i could get my kid on this it's a freaking machine i could get my
1: my son on this one and he'll he'll answer exactly what the innards of a transformer look like he's a big fan he's a huge fan yeah he's five so, Do you hate Transformers? He can't, it he like can't you dress himself yet, but, <laughs> he, but he likes Transformers. He knows everything about Transformers. Do you like he
0: can't Transformers? Can't transform
1: himself from pajamas to school clothes, but he loves Transformers.
0: <laughs> Do you like Transformers?
1: I'm not a big fan. now. I'm sorry. Wow, are you? <laughs> well,
0: I can't believe it. Now. Already, we're on. We're at odds. <laughs> I'm not a Transformers fan now. not, not on this. Not on this episode. <laughs> what are you proud of? Would never get the chance to talk about, other than your hatred for Transformers.
1: You know what? Oh no! Now go ahead. Oh no, that first uh, one was good. Whatever that was, that was a good thought. No, bro. it wasn't. That it, was going to be it, so it, good. It was a. It was a, di- it was a bit too braggy for me. No, please uh, I like that. come on, brag, brag.
0: Please brag. Humble brag.
1: All right. I never. I've never told anybody this. This is what we want. All right. <laughs>
0: That's
2: exactly what we want.
1: I had I met Pete Townsend, right? and uh, he went to see a play I was in, and that night at his concert, it was a fundraiser uh, in the theater for this uh, theater in La Jolla. and that night of his, his concert, he said Brian Vander Ark of the Ver Pipe was awesome. Pete Townsend said that.
0: amazing. Awesome. That would be on my so, Wikipedia page
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, the first thing.
0: <laughs> and it would be a, it would be a quote on my instagram if that was me so
1: yeah i can't do it Just hats off to it. you
0: for staying humble brian
1: well now it's out there so i'm gonna have to well, put it, it up somewhere can. this ain't
0: live <laughs> yeah. okay.
1: but it will be we had got had a couple weeks you got a you got a bunch
0: of people coming after you once it is so his like boy it. Elroy and johnny with
1: an eye to the verve pipe
0: <laughs>
1: where do these yeah. band do names come I'm... from uh, his boy Elroy was a, um, it was from the Jetsons. Remember the Jetsons? Yep. You guys are probably Shown too young to that. Okay. No, I remember the Jetsons. Yeah, the Jetsons. So his boy Elroy was in the song. It was the name of the kid. So that, uh, our guitarist at that time, the late 80s, uh, came up with that name. Uh, and, uh, and I thought it was a pretty catchy name. Johnny with an eye was just something somebody introduced himself to me and said, "Hey, my name's Johnny with an eye." And I was like, "I didn't, I didn't ask you that." <laughs> <But whatever. laughs> First of know, all, you did you it. spell Johnny with an I in the name? <laughs> I don't care. He spelled I. We did. We spelled it Johnny yeah. with an E Y E. How mm. you know? That's how you did it. Oh, in the early 90s. okay. That kind of clever, you know, kind of thing. So. <laughs> and the
0: verve Pipe terrible
1: names i've never had good names the verb pipe's not even a good name that's an awful name where did that come it's from the name you got to stay over it. that was our old guitarist he was in the band for about four months and uh, we the artwork was set was going to be sent out the next day and we still didn't have a name for the band and he got up and after a few beers and he said it's going to be called the verve pipe and f you all mother effers if you don't like it and that was it and he laughed and we're like all right And we did it, and we used it, and it was just terrible. And then, you know what happened? It was like a week later, we were looking through an English music magazine, and we saw the band The Verve, and we're like, "Oh, great! (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm
0: sure
1: you know." But then it was like, "What?" But then it's like, "What are the chances that a band from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and a band from England are going to, you know, be famous?" And sure enough, our hit songs were within like three or four weeks of each other. It was crazy. There's still people strange. that tweet wow. me and stuff for Nerve. Yeah, all the time. Happens all the time.
0: I thought so. that you're – I figured y'all's name. You ever heard of a rap name generator?
1: Uh, no, uh Yeah, I've heard of them, yeah. I thought that's yeah. you think probably it came what y'all that? did with
0: your band names.
1: <laughs> they went to yeah. the same website. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, was like, band name band names. Band names. He's like, yeah. okay, his boy bet, Elroy. I'll, I'll, we could go there right now and I could, we could pick Please out a name that. that would be better. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> Please go to Rap Name Generator. I wonder what Brian VanderArt would be as <laughs> a rap. We'll give him a rap name real quick, Jared, if he's a rapper. Chris, Ben, somebody. B Boy Brian. I gave it to you. That's what it is. All right, B Boy. You're a fan I of like Willie that. Nelson, like me, I think. I love Willie. Right? I love Willie. And uh, we're a rare breed, there's not many fans out there of Willie. So that's a joke, of course. Yeah, horribly, right. horribly delivered joke. Yeah. I'm sorry, Willie. You listen to every episode.
1: That doesn't uh, yeah. translate, by the way. That what? joke does not translate. That ain't going to translate. No, no going to come on print that you said that. And nobody's going to get that it was a joke.
0: Nobody's going to get that. It, it, well, they will because I just said it was a joke. I, I had to make sure they knew it so they didn't think I was an idiot. <laughs>
1: if you if you have Willie come after you then i think you're you're doing pretty good with this uh podcast
0: well, Willie Willie's here, gonna be on this podcast
1: we got his producer right. we got his next producer month coming. so
3: yeah,
0: so a know, good you. shot buddy cannon coming on here next month uh he actually let me Willie, tell you
1: something he gave me my first he gave me saw, my first big
0: break go for Nelson. it i was yeah. about, to, I was I mean, about that, to ask you
1: oh sorry about that no no tell me, tell me
0: about it that's good
1: he, uh, you know, I got to go see Willie because uh, a buddy of mine worked for a country music station in Kalamazoo, Michigan. And he asked me if I wanted to go meet Willie and get on his bus. And, and, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like something. And so I did. I, I went up there with a uh, demo tape, had a song on it I wrote for the farmers. Uh, and, uh, and he was awesome. I mean, he was super gracious. I was just in. And he said, I'll listen to it. And he called me three days later and he said, I really like that song of he yours, And you want to come play a farm eight four? And I was like, "Oh my god, I was playing at the Holiday Inn's, you know, for 20 people." And I went from there to playing at the Hoosier Dome in Indianapolis for 20,000 people. And El- Elton John was there and Neil wow. Young and oh my god, it was amazing. That's I mean, crazy, that was man. amazing. Were you so, were you terrified? Yeah, it was all cuz of Willie. Absolutely terrified. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And it was one of those uh, spinning stages, you know, so you set up in the back and you wait for this, you know, And then well, I think Poco was playing before us and then the stage spins you out, you know, and Willie came out in the middle of the day to introduce me, came out of his trailer just to introduce me, which was so nice of him. And he introduced me, and there was a you know a nice applause. But that stage was moving so slow. By the by the time we were halfway to the, the applause stopped, and then it was nothing but uncomfortable silence. when we got to <laughs> it together. You know, it was
0: awful. But, kind of like the beginning and it was of
1: this show. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, we're,
0: we're reliving your experience. It was perfect. We appreciate that. Appreciate your your afterglow rubbing off on us. What was the band you that betcha. played for played at Farm Aid? What which one was it? Was it?
1: His Boy Elroy? Uh, no, it wasn't a band, it was a, uh, yeah, it was the people, the guys that were in His Boy Elroy were my backing band, you know, for that, so it was kind of, it was a solo performance. What was the song? You know? It was called This Promised Land, it's a terrible, terrible song, but he really loved it. I mean, I just, you know, you know those early songs you write where you just, it's just sophomoric, you know, and everything has to rhyme and rhymey, and you know, it's all rainbows and, and like that, but, uh, I, you know, honestly, I listen to it. It's unlistenable now, but he loved it. And friends of his told me, that, mine. he loves that song. He plays it all the time. And he goes, I need to write something like this. I'm like, yeah, he's insane. This is Willie Nelson. <laughs> yeah. This guy's songs were genius, you know. But there's something in it he liked. I don't know.
0: That's crazy that he loved that song that much. Somebody that, speaking of crazy, I think Willie Nelson wrote crazy. He did. Yeah, yeah one of the, right. the probably the he number did. one country song of all time. So. Maybe the number one pop Sometimes. song of all time. I don't know. But nonetheless, it's crazy that somebody like him would uh would love a song as much as that. And you would, because if it was me, I'd be thinking, I'm a songwriter. Like, I'm, I'm legit. As If Willie said he liked one of my songs, I'd be thinking, okay. And you were the opposite right. of that. You were I like, was Why the opposite. Like
1: I knew that yeah. I had, I just knew I had better songs than me. I mean, I, I just knew. Uh, you know this this it wasn't a throwaway song it meant something to me i started writing them when i was in the army and it meant something to me uh but then you know a couple of years later i was and i was writing songs that i really liked that i still like today uh including the freshman you know um i look back on that song and I go oh god that's just terrible it's awful you look
0: back <laughs> on the freshman and say that's terrible
1: no, no. I look back in that other song. Oh, I thought you
0: were talking about the freshman. No, like, no. I appreciate.
1: Huh? No, I, I appreciate the freshman. I still appreciate the freshman. I see. Appreciate the paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. You guys know
0: about that. You're all song, hit songwriters. Well, no, you know. I'm not a hit songwriter. This man right here is a hit songwriter. He I always write hits. It's
3: just sometimes the s is in the wrong place. <laughs> i can i've never heard that i'll like, <laughs> let that one marinate for him a little bit
0: now you're tasting the, his afterglow what, what is that vodka with
1: with lime Pick no this is uh this is a mason jar with it's actually water with lemon i could have been really cool and said it was moonshine or something <laughs> yeah
0: we'll be sure in, it's water with lemon so we we wouldn't have believed that um who inspired (laughs) you to write songs when you was
1: a wee little boy well that would be uh that would have been uh back when i was a little boy probably would have been harry chapin we talked about earlier you know those were those were songs that meant something the stories cats in the cradle you know that was a linear story that you could listen to as a kid and follow along and then Right. Going deeper into his catalog, uh, catalog, you know, and then Cat Stevens and Harry Chapin and the other finger pickers. You know, I'm a big finger picking guy, right. you know, acoustic finger picking. And that's James Taylor. You know, I used to pick up the needle on the record and go, you know, two seconds back and two seconds back and try to play whatever he was playing. And oh, that's man. how I. Yeah, he hit me like
3: guitar. that too. Well, for me, it, 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 that he had such an amazing acoustic sound.
1: Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. It was his James, James stickers.
3: unbelievable.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal sounds. Did you? And he like- does lessons on his site. Do You know that he does guitar lessons on his site, and they're great. Really? He's got a wow. camera inside the guitar, looking out through the hole, and you no see way. the strings, and you see where his fingers are picking. You should go to James Taylor's uh, I think, wow. and check out his I lessons. They're free, out. and they're awesome. Wow! Awesome. He's just trying to. I teach wish the they would have been there when I was a
0: kid. So did you like uh, Chet Atkins, people like that?
1: I wasn't, you know, my dad was a huge old school country fan, you know. Um, I want to say Lefty Frizzell and people like that, kind of the ones that were a little more obscure, you know. Uh, And so we would listen to, you know, he listened to the top 40 country stations, you know. Back then it was uh, the happiest girl in the whole USA and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, and I still have a love of that that music as well. But that didn't influence me nearly as much as the rock and roll did and the acoustic folk acoustic stuff. So as you grew up, did you ever change? Did it
0: like you're who inspired you as a boy? Did it change as you grew up? Because your music doesn't really the what you ended up writing as far as in with the verve pipe, it doesn't really reflect The people you mentioned so what happened totally agree along the way that's
1: going through all of these changes when i was in the army uh i used to uh i used to hide out in the library when i was i was in germany and i would hide out in the library because nobody ever looked you know looked for soldiers in the library for some reason and believe it or not The U.S. government had an amazing album collection in that library and I I was introduced to Elvis Costello and I was introduced to uh oh my god the Velvet Underground and and all of these other albums that had stickers on them that said property of the U.S. government which was ridiculous like the Sex Pistols property of the U.S. government is like (laughs) totally (laughs) for what they were about but I would sit there and listen that's where I got all of my chops That's where I discovered Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska record, just him and the acoustic. And I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant. And then went back and searched all the Bruce Springsteen I could, you know, and uh, and so that whole time there, maybe six months back then, 1984, 85, that's where I really started to develop some sort of sense of who I was, you know? And that's when I wrote that, this Promised Land song you know and then from there i started you know going pl- plugging in the electric and doing yeah. different things you know buddy but the john, stuff, but the john. Lyrics, you know this i was gonna say you know this as lyric uh, lyricists you know you you kind of have a style that you write and that doesn't really change you write about the things that you, you know, that affect you and that uh you know in your life and I've, I've always kind of written story songs, like that very first song, like the Harry Chapin and, and the James Taylors and the Cat Stevens, you know, these are stories that I tell. And I think back in the 90s, we were one of the few bands that actually wrote storytelling songs. The Freshman is a story, you know, and that's what made it stick out. And we still write, I still write stories. I mean, the lyrics have to mean something to me, you know not just I love you and finding creative ways to say I love you, but telling the story about love and then the breakup and then, you know, people moving on, that kind of thing, you know? Right. So I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was still, Oh no, no, no. I, I was going to
3: say I, a buddy of mine, John Davenport. Uh, he, he was a guy from the old hit factory in New York.
1: Sure. Yeah. And he,
3: he was an engineer at the hit factory and he, uh, he engineered born in the USA album.
1: Oh my God. Can you yeah. imagine?
3: He he had, he has some amazing stories.
1: I
0: about that whole thing. But anyway. Well, how I mean. was uh did he ever say like how was Bruce in the studio? Actually, he has a story about how uh he
3: was the inspiration behind dancing in the dark. Really? Yeah. It was uh um he was he he, he used to get you know have a few and uh, when everybody would leave he would mix and he would kind of just do his own thing while he was listening and he would dance and, and bruce walked in on him hmm that's and, where it came uh, from it, yeah and 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 and, and they had they redid um they come in and 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 um said there's one more song
0: it was dancing in the dark and uh he, he oh wrote gosh. that That was like what what was that? What song really made Bruce Springsteen popular at first?
1: Well, born uh, I'm sorry, Born to Run was the really big one. Right. That was probably the first gigantic hit. You know, but then you go back and you listen to that first record and you know Thunder Road and all these other terrific songs. But Born to Run, I think, was the was the album and the and the song that really put him on the map. And then you, ever, then you come out with Born in the USA and it had like six hits on it. It's like, right. well, you know, you pretty much solidified your career there. Yeah. You
0: know? yeah. And Born in the USA is actually not a very patriotic song at all either. Like people think.
1: Not at all. No. Yeah. In fact, when I was in the army, that was a huge, that was really popular. When I discovered the Nebraska album, all the soldiers were singing Born in the USA. And I'm like, I don't think that this is. I don't think, y'all <laughs> I don't think understand <laughs> yeah. you understand know? the and if you look at the video, you see it's all veterans in the video, veterans of the Vietnam War and stuff. And you go, oh, man, this is, you know, this is not what it's about.
0: You Did know? you ever but, play open for Bruce Springsteen or play with him or
1: any, meet him or anything? No. We were always opening for the wrong people. We opened for KISS for 30 dates. I mean, that was wow. the big one for us.
2: <laughs> <It was just laughs> oh, a my gosh.
1: Oh, man, it was crazy. Yeah. Here, I got a, uh, where's my thing here? <laughs> I just actually found this on eBay. I don't know if you can see that at all, but then, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Special awesome. guest, the Verve Pipe. I love <laughs> that.
3: That is awesome. No way. It's a cool poster, though. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great
0: memorabilia.
1: Guess. Plus, what's, special, what's not great. Special guest, Verve Pipe. What's not uh, great are the memories of that. That was the worst. That was the absolute worst. Really? That was the. <laughs> were they oh, jerks? my God. Nobody knew us. <laughs> and when you have. When you have 20,000 KISS fans in any given city, can't wait because KISS put the makeup back on after 20 years and they got the original man, band members back together and then you cram 20,000 people and they wait two hours to see KISS and the lights go down, everybody goes crazy and the lights come up and it's some stupid band you don't know, we were that band. <laughs> they were not nice to us at all. I mean, we got booed and spit on every single night. Really? I mean, so really you, you don't was, think you made uh, any oh my, fans? Awful. No fans? i don't think we made any plans on that tour we didn't sell any records we and we played i mean we played great you know the freshman hadn't been released photograph hadn't been released so we were a young band but gene simmons had heard our album an advanced copy and he asked us to come out i was like oh that's cool i mean we get to open up for kiss how great is this until you step on stage you realize oh my (laughs) god this is what this is (laughs) when you're a target that that kind of
0: sounds like the uh, leonard skinner who story but in reverse, have
1: you ever heard that story? Oh yeah, right. You know what I'm talking about, Brian? I th- I'm pretty sure they didn't. They open up for the Who, and like, and it was. It was actually great, but
0: what, what happened before they uh, opened for else. the Who, the, was Robert Daltrey told Ronnie Van Zandt. He said, uh, "Now listen, don't don't get upset when uh, they boo you, because they do that to yeah. everybody that opens for us, because they're here to see us and." Ronnie Van Zant, if I remember the story correct, said they're not gonna boo us. And walked out there and they started playing. And you it, like if it they said that the people were like chattering, and then all of a sudden you, see, you started seeing somebody, like one person's roar. Woo! You know, like that. And next thing you <laughs> everybody's paying attention. Big wheels, keep on turning. And it's like, oh, at that point. Everybody's on thinking about that. And then they never, according to the story, they never opened up for anybody again after that. Is that how you, is that how you remember it?
1: (laughs) Oh, no, I don't. that's That's not the story I'm even thinking of. No.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. So yours is a little different than theirs.
1: Yeah, ours is quite yeah. a bit different than that. I mean, Gene Simmons, here's the here's the big difference. Gene Simmons told us after our first show, he came in and said, "Hey, don't worry about that. They boo us. At, they boo our opening band at every show." And I'm like, "That is information that I could have used yeah, we right. yeah. With you."
0: Yeah, I know, right? And you would have thought you know. that he that he would have known he's he's one that liked you and asked you to come out. If it was me and I was just legendary, I would have went out and said, hey, y'all, told my crowd. I'm like, hey, I'm Gene Simmons. These are my homies or whatever he says. I don't know. These are my guys. (laughs) This is my band, my favorite band. Show them love. And then then went on. You know, that's what I would have
1: done. Absolutely. That's what Willie Nelson did for me. You know, at Farm Aid, he went out there and introduced me. That's the right thing to do. Gene Simmons would never have done that. (laughs) Never.
0: Now, how did that go, though, at Farm Aid? I don't get your reaction. At Farm Aid was good, though, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, the reaction to Farm Aid was good, but that you know that's a different, that's a whole different thing. Those are people that are there to see you know a dozen bands, you know. Right. So I mean, they're there for a day of music, you know. They're not there to see a specific iconic band that puts on makeup and twelve-inch boots and like has explosions, yeah. and then you get up there with your little pin lights that come from the ceiling, you know. And it's like <laughs> no, it's not it is thing. a
0: bit different. Yeah, it really doesn't go at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that'd be like me opening up for Kiss. No with an acoustic guitar, I'm out there, <laughs> and they're like,
1: uh, nah, <laughs> pass. You know what though, I, I, I'm gonna disagree. I think that you are the, you, somebody like you or you yourself would be the perfect opener for KISS because you're so not anywhere near what they're doing that people are gonna be like, what is this? And you could easily, I think you could easily win them over. Wow. I mean, you have to have the quality behind you, which you do. Man. I bet you. You know you want me to make you want me to call Gene. Call Gene right now <laughs> Gene. while we're on this show.
0: I want to hear his voice right now while we're on this show and tell him we want him to do this show. And I'll ask him myself. Can I open for him? <laughs> How many shows have you played? I mean, in your life, right now at this oh, point.
1: Oh no! I mean, I don't. I mean, you know, it's been you know, it's been hundred. 150 shows a year for how many years until last year you know um so what is that i don't know i don't know you know what's 150 times like, what's 150 times I mean, how many years you been doing years, this? i started doing this i was 16 years old played every night at the holiday in bars so wow uh, I'm talking about cutting your teeth playing
0: play, paying your dues yeah, that man. was a
1: big that was a fun gig because i was 16 i couldn't drink and i was in the bar with all the drunks and i got to like play music and play sad songs and they'd give me tips you know and it was like it was a great gig then i'd go to school the next day and my friends would be working at mcdonald's and making you know 250 an hour and i'm pulling in you know four three four hundred a week you know buying everybody hot lunch
0: buying everybody hot lunch
1: (laughs) (laughs) well that was hot lunch on me everybody it was You want an extra slice of pizza? I got it. I got it. We were just talking
0: about school pizza, Jared and I, the other day, and how you can't get that pizza anymore. It was great. It was was great. great. You can't can't find it.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. yeah. You know no. how, many tra- how many trays you think I got on pizza day, Brian? <laughs> be honest. <laughs> be honest. You would have had a hard time. You better have a good night if you're coming in and buy my hot lunch the next day on pizza day. <laughs> you know what I'm He's like, I got everybody's hot lunch except for yours, Marty. Because I know what you're about to do with this pizza day. <laughs> uh, you, could say, you could say four if you want. Don't worry. Because that would be true. It was actually three. I got three trays. Trays, no kidding. Three trays on pizza day. The lunch lady, I told you this. Oh, man. This, is, this is true. The lunch lady, when I would uh, go through, I would say, uh, I want three trays, please. Three three pizzas. And she goes, you sure about that? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, er, I don't need you watching my weight. Give me three right. trays, lady. Here's my money. You know what I'm saying? And I owe the lunch lady. My a lot of credit for this right here, and I'd like to get <laughs> that pizza again. So, yeah, Brian, make a call. You know, people, you know, Gene Simmons. Call. All right, make calls, get <laughs> us the same exact pizza, and we'll eat it together okay, virtually.
1: <laughs> um, I think that would be a good thing on a rider, by the way. If like you, if you could have anything, if you were Bruce Springsteen and you were going to play somewhere. One of the conditions, one of the things in your green room, was to find that you know elementary school, school middle yeah, school. <laughs> you know, that's what I want. Three and orders of not there, I've
2: got like
0: three boxes. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have it for the bus later. If I ever get famous, I'm gonna actually do that. I'm gonna. That's gonna be a rider on a big show if I ever have
1: one. I'm gonna stress somebody I, out. <laughs> I'm going to. Not just
0: because I have to have that again. I'm gonna say I have no, one rider. That's not a bad idea. I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna pay my own travel. I'm gonna pay everything. I have one thing I need you to do: find me boxes and boxes of this school pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I have much time. you know, and tell me how I get it because I need to be able to you know replenish my stock after I eat it in the day.
1: Do you guys know about that? Uh, you know about the the green room trick, the M M&M and M trick, and the oh, whole yeah. reason that the green M and Ms and
3: was all that, it right? was it. Um, was it Van Halen or, what,
1: or was it Aerosmith? Yeah, Van Halen. Van Halen that did it, yeah. Van Halen. It was something like no brown M&M's or no green M&M's. But you know the reason they did that, right? No. Yeah, I do. In case your listeners don't know, yeah, it's because you have a long contract and, if, and you pick one weird thing and then you can go back in your green room and if you see that there's a bowl of brown M&M's, you know they read the whole contract so you right. don't have to check everything out. Like it's a really oh. smart thing to do. And if they so if we they would, weren't,
3: then you'd go back and see what else they missed. Wow. That's right. Otherwise, that. if
1: you saw that yeah. little detail there, you were good to go. That's a yeah. great trick. So they you weren't really divas. Well, they were, but well, they were also that, very smart. Well, I'm sure they were. They were smart divas. <laughs> <Davis. laughs> great trick. It's uh, a, great, great, a trick. great
0: trick. And plus, they just really like brown M&Ms. It's <laughs> <laughs> It's a two, it's two-fold true. thing. What's the favorite place that you actually played at all the places? The favorite place? Other than kiss,
1: (laughs) oh my god, worst. Um, I gotta say in Michigan, I gotta say Kalamazoo, Michigan State Theater, 1994, things were happening. Pearl Jam just came through town with uh, Smashing Pumpkins and the Red Hot Chili Peppers in this theater in Kalamazoo and everybody's minds were blown. And we got to play that stage about a year later and sold it out 2000 seats. And that was a huge deal for a a little band like us. We were just, we knew things were happening then. So that's probably my favorite show and my favorite place to play still to this day. It's a great state theater in Kalamazoo. Great place.
0: You know, uh, you say Kalamazoo and in our, in my family, that was, I didn't even know that was a real city for years because it was like mm-hmm. you would hear this the phrase, Oh, you, yeah, you can go from here to Kalamazoo trying to find that, you ain't gonna find it. Right. And it was always, a, I thought it was a make believe place, like Kalamazoo was right. not real. But then later in life, I found out that Kalamazoo is a real city in Michigan. Did you ever hear this phrase? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Am I the only one? I'm not the only one. Did they yeah. say this in Kalamazoo? because it wasn't very far no, in that situation.
1: No, they didn't. in fact, they'd all be offended by that.
0: Would they but really? They, no, they were, they were all well
1: aware <laughs> because there's a there's a song in the early 40s, 50s. I got a girl in Kalamazoo or whatever, and that was, you know, it was a super catchy song. So, uh no, everybody knew it's such an odd name, you know. So, hmm. but it exists and it's a great city. There's a there great was like town.
3: guitars. What was it? Uh was it
1: Taylor? Dixonstown.
3: Do what? I- gibson uh, gibson was in yeah Cal- it was gibson's yeah. that uh that were made in kalamazoo for the longest right there yeah right
0: there i got all gibson's it's all you it's all you uh rock with is gibson's huh
1: it's all i play yeah my wife likes the Taylors, but i'm uh i'm a big uh i'm a big gibson guy I love you the a, feel of the neck right you know was you a bb king fan uh yeah a little bit i mean i got turned down to bb king late you know, I mean, besides the thrill is gone, of course, which is iconic. Bill mm-hmm. Simsek produced that and produced my records, and uh, and so he turned me on to a lot of other BB King stuff. I
0: uh, just was wondering if you had a Lucille sitting back there somewhere, but now I know. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Three thirty-five. Yeah,
0: is that what yeah. it is? No, so. it's about, uh, you know. <laughs> it's actually about 6 I think it was an three thir- F-hole 335 is what he
1: played. Finding find his time over there until he says the perfect thing.
0: <laughs> Isn't he cute? <laughs> That's my job. Oh, he, he's just here for the dad jokes. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. He's not even a dad. He just packed one off there.
1: Yeah.
0: So you're from Michigan. You must know Eminem
1: i know eminem yeah i don't i mean personally. i don't know him personally but, uh yeah everybody eminem in michigan and, knows uh, each no, other. Know. no that's not that's not true <laughs> there's a west side of the state people from michigan do this by the way i don't know if you know that that's the mitten you know right am i doing it right I don't yeah know. We got the thumb there. this is detroit over here i'm a, I'm way over here in grand rapids where uh you know all the all the white people are over here wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now kid rock is yeah. over there too right Bobby? Yeah, Kid Rock is uh, down in this area, too. He's down in the okay. Detroit area. He's a big Detroit guy. There's a yeah. whole west side, east side of Michigan thing. West right, side of right. Michigan, we're not – no, it's not really a thing. Ted Nugent's right up in, up in this area hunting all the time and whatnot. Bob Seeker's down in Ann Arbor, you know. Nice, so, man. Anyway. Wow. Anyway. So now I know. Got the whole world in his hand.
0: Yeah, Detroit is not even considered Michigan to these people like him, is what I'm hearing. Is that, is that what no, I'm
1: No. No, that's not true. That's what's going on the title. <laughs> no, no, that's That's no, what's no. going on the it's podcast different. title. <laughs> Brian Vandrog hates Michigan. That's what you're going to be saying. <laughs> I don't need a bunch of Detroiters coming uh, over. Yeah, to my I plate. know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Detroit right? is not Michigan. You heard it here first, bro.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Brian Vandrog. Uh,
0: Detroit we're to should push be Michigan. On, <laughs> on Toledo. Oh, <laughs> uh, in the middle of every episode this feels like the end of three episodes as long as it took to get started. Yeah, <laughs> oh,
2: what's going on here? What? Yeah,
0: and, but you know... And the the, yeah, in, in the middle? Yeah, in the we, middle. We got you for three hours, I think. We blocked that off.
2: Okay, um, we,
0: we do a little thing called what? Why Would They Do That? So I'm going to do this real quick. So you might, you might know, you might appreciate this. In the 1970s, okay. the AMC car company who produced the legendary Wayne's World Gremlin had a new idea to sell more gremlins. And I'm sure they were... flying out of the dealerships. I can't even speak. So they partnered up with Levi Jeans. Yeah. They produced a new blue jean, blue jean, blue blue gremlin that was upholstered with Levi jean material and brass Levi buttons. Check this out. I want that car. Uh,
3: That
0: actually looks (laughs) kind of cool. I would drive that. It does. I don't know why that didn't help Uh, them, to be honest with you. I love that. With seats
1: of the pants? I
0: want that car, actually. (laughs) it's awesome Isn't it? it would be a cool car to have brian would you drive that yeah,
1: i would drive that car yeah now i would drive it back then i wouldn't drive it
0: you wouldn't drive it it's back different then? now what'd you drive back no, then?
1: It's, it's different now uh back then i drove a chevy nova which i wish i still had <clears throat> it was a great car i had a chevelle too that was a great car that's one
0: of my, fa- that's one of my favorite
1: cars uh-huh. Sure. And my favorite was the Dodge uh, my Dodge Dart Spirit of 76, 1976 had uh, red, white, and blue on the side stripes, nice. and uh <laughs> that was my first car or second car, yeah. So
0: you you like you're into the Detroit muscle cars.
1: Detroit Miami am now. Yeah. I love those cars. Oh mm-hmm. maybe Detroit is a part of Michigan. Uh, take the
0: easy. Oh, <laughs> no, uh, I'm just but, playing with you. What do you drive now?
1: Right now, I drive a Land Rover. Look at you! I nice. love it.
0: You just became. I a,
1: love the Land Rover. Let me tell dad. you something. I put I put three hundred thousand miles on my last Land Rover, wow. and I got another. I got another one. I buy them used, but I put a lot of miles on them, and they're. I love those cars. Love nice. Them. Now, yeah, talking about the fr- talking about
0: the freshmen real quick. People always sure. tell me their interpretation of it, and they, they meaning they'll my friends and people on YouTube and stuff like that. They'll say their interpretation of the freshman the song what it means and uh i was wondering if i could hear the actual interpretation from you of what the freshman means
1: yeah i mean it was a story about a couple guys who went to school um and they did uh they did bad things they took advantage of a vulnerable girl uh each of them dated her she she got pregnant by one of them and they didn't know which one and she had an abortion and then she committed suicide. And the, and the story is true up to the suicide. You know, that was a, you know, a new, new, uh, I guess, a neophyte songwriter mistake is that I went too far with the story. I made her commit, well, she didn't have to commit suicide. So it ended up being kind of a pro life. I'm a pro-choice guy, but I wrote a pro-life-ish type song, you know, like she couldn't handle the abortion and that kind of thing. So, I mean, that's essentially it. Stop a baby's breath, uh, or a shoe full of rice. You know, you stop, you stop the baby's breath. You have the abortion, and you stop a shoe full of rice, which is a wedding. You know, th- those are the those are the symbolic things in it. So, that's essentially it.
0: Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that's wrong. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. Oh, no, no, no. That's actually <laughs> what I thought it meant. that's always what i thought it was talking about
1: um you know you probably write songs too that where you you know people have a lot of different interpretations you don't want to take away anything from people because i'm a firm believer that once when you write a song that song is yours right it's your song you wrote it when you play it for anybody else it becomes their song Right. I firmly believe that. I mean, that is their song now. You well, don't own that find, song anymore.
3: They will find things in those songs. I, I've, I've played Absolutely. songs before, and this, this woman come up to me, and she was like, man, I, that song you played, I can't even remember which song it was now. It's been years ago. But she goes, oh, my gosh. how? It's like the woman in it, how you alluded how she was pregnant in the song was just amazing. And I'm sitting there thinking – What the heck are you talking about? I didn't elude anything. (laughs) I don't even know what you're talking about in this song. And then I think back to the lyrics. I'm like, I I guess you could think that, yeah. But she totally heard that. And you're right. It's it's from the listener. It's you know uh, they they take what they want from the song. You
1: know. Yeah, definitely. And I've you know I've gotten in uh, you know very short arguments, but somebody asked me what it's about, and then they get upset. You know, and they said that's not that's not what it's about. I'm like, all right, what you know, whatever. I only wrote the song, but go ahead.
2: <laughs> you
3: know, the VH1, uh, 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 was it not behind music, uh, unplugged. They did the unplugged. Yeah, I watched Steely Dan, and I saw this guy you know, they stand up, and uh, some of the the audience would ask questions, and there was one of the songs. I think it was I think it was 19, maybe. Is uh, one of the Steely yeah. Dan songs, and he says. Uh, is it is it true that you wrote that song about your your <laughs> your fourth cousin and 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 you, uh, just went literally talked for like five minutes about this this thing that he had heard that this song was about and um, Fagan just he goes he looked at the guitar player and he just looked, he goes uh, I'm sorry but we just got stoned and wrote it.
2: <laughs> wow and that, that guy it was like he
3: melted he was like
0: yeah oh, he didn't want to hear that oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that happens yeah that just... definitely and, and that's why like that's why i asked when i asked brian the question i was like if you know i'd like to hear it but if you want if you will because some artists like don't won't say the meaning of their songs like i when people ask me what what a song that i wrote means I say whatever it means to you. That's what it means. That's what I always tell them. And they they say no, but is this part this or that? And I go, if yeah, sure it is. And somebody (laughs) say yeah, sure. And somebody like some people go, hey, you wrote this song about my life, didn't you? And I was like, yep, yep, sure did. (laughs) Yep, I've known you forever. And and (laughs) I've known you my whole (laughs) life. And I'm fine with that. That's good. I like that. Now you, you hey,
1: can I ask you guys? Can I ask you guys a question? Sure. You were talking about him getting stoned and uh, writing Hey 19, and I wonder if any of you guys as songwriters, do you if, do you partake before you write in anything recreational? Do you get a couple of drinks in you, or this, do you? Does that help you write lyrics or music or whatever, or do you go in cold, sober, to, and write your best songs?
0: I don't I don't drink or smoke anything. That's probably
3: why oh, I don't have a hit. Okay.
0: Well, I don't, I don't either.
3: I I, I I never have, but yeah, I mean, I've, you know, um, every song I've ever written has been written sober. and. Oh, we all got right. a low battery.
1: Cause I hear computer. that a lot. I hear people say that a lot. Oh, I got stoned. Oh, I got drunk and we were all sitting around one night and playing and we we're like, Oh, that sounds like a hit. And they push play on the record and like, I'm like, how can anybody do that? You know? No, so you didn't I mean, do I that. You be, didn't work that way. My, no, I don't work that way. I mean, I I I like to write. You know, I write stuff on the side, I write short stories and that kind of thing. And usually, a couple drinks will get you know the the vibe going. But not music. Music's never been that. It's too much too much of a puzzle piece going on for me. Yeah. I gotta I gotta focus. I'm missing a lyric here. I need to figure out what fits there, and I can't do that if I'm if my Gene head's Simmons a little. Gene Simmons didn't do that either. He was yeah.
0: he,
3: he he was clean the whole time.
1: I don't know. He was clean the whole time. We- there was no alcohol on that tour, by the way. Nothing, really. You Couldn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, oh no. The, no. There,
3: I, I think the other the band did some drugs and stuff, but Gene never did. Wow. Yeah. Because Ira, good friend of our Ira Dean, you know he knew Gene, and he he was uh, on a plane with them. and, and they're no alcohol. And he well maybe the other band members, but uh, they were doing it, and Gene. Was doing the books. You know, he was like the business guy, man. And he was he, the one behind the band. Uh, yeah. And he was like, and uh, somebody asked him, does he want, he goes, no. He goes, he goes, that messes with my money. He goes, I don't do anything that messes with my money.
1: That's a smart man right there. <laughs> wow. Well, think about this too. Here's here he takes it one step further. He told us he'd never put his name or Kiss's name on any alcohol or cigarettes or anything like that. I mean, imagine they have Kiss coffins. You can buy a Kiss <laughs> yeah. coffin, right? Wow. <clears throat> but he will put he won't put the Kiss name on a. They will never come out with their own vodka or anything like that. He just he's, he's that against it. And there's a huge money making market there oh for him. Oh my gosh, a guy yeah. that it really loves money. Yeah. He's like I so I mean I gotta admire him. I admire him for that. Taking a stand, man. Yep. I don't.
0: I admire him too for that. And like I'm not it. even a Kiss fan. Like maybe I should look into their music more. You know what I mean? I don't know. No, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. He's you're, like no. You're don't, fine. Don't look into it. I, I toured <laughs> with them. I know. <laughs> You wouldn't <laughs> like it, Marty. <laughs> I know
1: it's not worth it. <laughs> you so you started- go to one of their shows and you can hear you can hear the album. If you go to one of their shows, they just they just play along
0: with their yeah. own albums. Did the uh, did did oh, Vir- yeah. the the verve pipe take? Did they did y'all break up or did you take a hiatus for a long time or was you always together? But it seems we like
1: we were together until two thousand one, and then uh, and our album, our big comeback album, <clears throat> was released. Uh, right around 9/11, like within a week of 9/11, and that was the one that had colorful Mark Wahlberg song. So we had everything going for us. We had another song on the radio shooting up the charts. It was going to be top ten. I mean, it was like 22 with a bullet. And then we had another that other song, colorful, in the movie that was coming out the next week. And so we were ready. And then, uh, and then, you know, just by chance of our record release date. You know, 9-11 happened and nobody really went and saw the movie and nobody bought our album. And all the radio stations then kicked off all the new songs off of their playlist and played classic rock or comfort music. So it really was under those circumstances that we thought, well, we're going to take a break. And uh, we did. And a couple members quit. And then we wanted to get back in the studio and have some fun. So we made a kid's record. Oh, wow. And that was a blast. We had a blast in the studio. Sirius XM picked it up. Suddenly we're playing Lollapalooza on the kids' stage with 10,000 screaming kids. You know, and wow. it was a lot of fun. So we made another kid's record, you know. And then after the kid's record thing stopped, we uh, we decided to go back and make a rock record. And we've been making rock records since, but with different members, you know.
0: So That's cool, man. Very cool. That's something yeah. else. Because, you know, what's good about that is those children that came and saw you or were a fan or are fans of that they grow up a fan because is, is it the verve pipe is yeah that, so so they're going to be fans they're definitely the going to hear music.
1: yeah the kids music was under the verve pipe yep
0: yeah so they're <clears> definitely <throat> going to be verve pipe fans as they grow up they're going to hear freshmen and whatever else new you have out and colorful and i think underneath was one of y'all's big ones too as well right yeah yeah, yep,
1: that did really well for us too. So, but the kids' records, you know, being under the there's a little bit of confusion because you know we would play the kids shows and then we wouldn't play the freshman because you can't play a song about abortions no. and suicide. Right? At the no, kids right. Show. I'm not
0: saying that they would. You would. They would hear that. <clears throat> I'm saying as they grow up. I know they, they were fans yeah, of the verb pipe. Yeah, I know y'all ain't playing the freshman at a kids show.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> but, you'd be surprised, Marty Ray. I swear to God, you'd be surprised because. People came to the shows thinking we were, they knew it was a kid show, thinking we would at least play the freshman. And we're like, we're not going to play the freshman for you. No, I'm sorry. I'm sure. you know, yeah. In, wow. Yeah. You know, so, so the, the anyway, parents that. happened that. a lot.
0: What's that? You're saying the parents thought that y'all were going to play freshman for their children.
1: Exactly. That's just strange. <laughs> and then you get, you know, you get people that were upset by that, that we didn't play the freshman, you know, but whatever. They're, they're one of the melody. It's I'm, super I'm catchy. i been spit you know? on by Kiss fans. I don't care.
0: Yeah. You you know all about, you know, all about being spat upon, right? And so you're used to it as long as the children didn't do it. When did, when did you start playing in people's living rooms?
1: I did that in 2008. I was trying to raise money for a new record and, uh, and I had a uh, fan write me, we just bought a house in the housing crisis. Right. So, you know, Oh, terrible time to buy a house. So we didn't have any money and uh, couldn't pay the mortgage. And I just, I had a fan write me and say, hey, come pay my, play my birthday party. And I was like, I'm kind of a rock star. I don't mean, play birthday parties, you know, whatever. <laughs> and uh, and she said, I'll pay you $2,500. I'm like, where's this party? And I went to her house and played for it. And her family and friends were there, 50 folding chairs in her living room. And and I was looking around. I, I was driving home that night. I had a check for $2,500 in one pocket. and I had $500 of merchandise sales in the other pocket. And I'm like... I got 4,000 people on my mailing list and they all have birthdays. That's $10 million. I
2: was like, this is a brilliant idea.
1: But I, what I did was I sent an email out the next day to my 4,000 followers. I said, look, let's cut out the middlemen. And you just book directly through me, through email, I'll come to your house, I'll play for an hour, I'll hang out for an hour and and uh, you know, and, uh, teach your kids how to play a couple of guitar chords or whatever. And I sent the email out and I like 52 shows booked in 24 hours, it was crazy. Wow. People wanted music in their home. And so I did two or three a day on the weekends. I'd go from one to the next, to the next. Like somebody in St. Louis wanted me, we'd send an email out to the rest of St. Louis people and say, hey, Brian's already coming down you know you can get on this and we cut you a really good deal so i would do you know four or five shows in st louis on the right. weekend and i did that for 13 years i had to retire a couple of years ago i was just like i can't do that anymore it's just too much but hey, what's it a like fun, being, a,
0: being a multi <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <Brag>. wish. <laughs> no, you that hear you he brag. Yeah. He won't brag about Pete
1: Townsend, but
0: he'll brag about being
1: ten million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dutch. I'm Dutch. First of all, we don't talk about we don't talk about the good things that money brings. We talk about all the bats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's where freshmen came it's from. Makes sense. I'm glad that's it right. happened. Now, uh, quickly, you you did you released an album with Jeff Daniels
1: yeah right yeah.
0: And what's the dude like
1: great guy I just talked to him this morning he's a terrific guy he's great uh he's just a regular guy. He's from michigan he lives in chelsea michigan which is on that side of the state but he's a musician and uh that's his, that's his i think that's his first love but he's a, just happens to be a great actor so he's a great songwriter and uh and he's a fan he was a fan of mine and i i'm a huge fan of his and then i said well let's write some stuff together and we did and we put out a single uh, a couple singles and then uh, decided to make an album of storytelling songs so we did that he's terrific guy one of the best guys in the world i mean you th- if you want a guy in your corner he's the guy you know he'll 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 bend over backwards for the right people you know what i mean i do so. want him
0: in my corner if you're asking uh thank you <laughs> I
2: love
1: thank you for that
0: <laughs> um, are you are you still I are you still friends with Mark Wahlberg and Jennifer Aniston and all of them?
1: No, oh, no, no. So you I hate mean, I you know, that once in there we got out
0: of- You hate them and Michigan. I got. It. <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> got
0: the
3: got the secondary I mean, title. This is getting good. Oh man, it's going to be great. I held
1: on to uh, <laughs> I held on to everybody's cell phone number for as long as I could, and then I was like, "This is ridiculous. I got to let all this go." You know, I, I moved to Michigan, married to- my wife, and that was it.
0: I hold on to cell phone numbers when I have people on and I I just I'll have them for years. And then all of a sudden I'll be driving to Tampa with my buddy Jared here and we'll just start FaceTiming these people randomly.
2: <laughs> Which is I very like aggressive.
0: That. I love it. I'm an aggressive yeah. dude. You know what I mean? That's how he's on this show because <laughs> yeah. I'm aggressive dude. Like I don't, I think I asked him, I don't know, a thousand times to be on the show. And thank God I finally got him on then, then we had the <laughs> worst technical difficulty oh, you could possibly think of when he when I finally got him here. Anyway, I <laughs> but but I digress. <laughs> I digress. Anyway, any other movies that you've been in that I don't know about? You were in Rockstar, any other movies?
1: Yeah, I did uh I did a. Oh boy. I did a movie called uh House of the Rising Sun with uh Dave Bautista and um uh, and Amy Smart and uh I've done a handful. I do like mostly independent stuff for friends, you know. I get friends who are filmmakers and that kind of thing, you know. But that's the last thing I did. That was probably six, seven years ago. I haven't done much acting since. I've written screenplays. I do short films and that kind of thing. But other than that, no. Not well, really if if you acting.
0: ever need anybody to film for you, this guy right here, put it on Jared. He is a wonderful filmmaker, and uh we've done a lot. Right? Of, if you see my music videos, the, the actual music videos, he's done a lot of. I have you direct those? I wow, did. great. Well, yeah, I direct them. He films them and uh and makes them look pretty and he, he he takes what I have in my head and makes it something that somebody can watch. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that's And dissect it to make it real. That's kind of what happens. That's a
1: real talent. That's so, a real talent, man. Thanks, man.
0: You know? So if you ever need anybody, call Jared. <laughs> Good to know. And you and you like you know Jared jewelry store.
1: Sure, of course. You can call you them and ask them for it, and yeah. then they'll it's connect a, you. It's the gallery oh, of yeah, jewelry. Oh, yeah, is he there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, Jared, uh, I have <laughs> what your mother wants for Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Just, just so you know. That's a bad.
2: Uh, yeah, that's, a
0: that's bad ad right there. That, is, <laughs> that yeah. is. That yeah. is. That's a bad. Oh. Ad. <laughs> ask your mama. <laughs> Ask Go your on. mama about Jared. You think we ain't got good stones?
3: <laughs> Ask your mama.
0: <laughs> oh, Brian, what have you done to us? Uh, no, so last question, probably sure. And uh, <laughs> did they on the movie Rockstar? Did they contact you about doing the vocals for Wahlberg, and then then you got the role as Ricky, uh, whatever his last name was, or was it was Pick it the it opposite? <clears throat>
1: No, uh, you know, EMI. I'm, I was part of EMI back then, and they uh, they would send out what movies needed songs for the soundtrack. Um, and so they said they needed a Seattle esque type ballad for this movie called Metal God, it was the Judas Priest story originally. And uh, and so I wrote, I read the script and I, I wrote the song colorful form, and then uh, uh, I took the demo tape with me. They let me audition too. Cause they were looking for musicians who were also actors. And I went and I auditioned and, uh, I came with a CD of the demo in the hand and I, and I auditioned and they liked the audition. The director liked it. And then, uh, I got a call at the hotel that night. By the time I got back to the hotel, he had listened to the demo and he loved the song and he said, we really like this. And then I didn't hear anything for months, like three or four months. And then a new script showed up at my door and it was called rockstar a script for rockstar and i was like what is this now another rock and roll movie or whatever and i'm looking through it and i look in the end and my lyrics are printed in the script and i wow. was like what is going on i call my manager i'm like they stole my song and he's like hold on let's find out and it turns out yeah it was the same movie they just changed the name and they uh, nobody nobody thought to tell me that i'd gotten the part in the movie oh Oh,
0: yeah
1: oh yeah there's one
3: more thing by the
1: way you need to be here
0: tomorrow on set be prepared all that line those are yours yeah there you go
1: you got to grow grow the mullet too i had to have a mullet for three lines in a movie i had to have a mullet for three months man
0: that's (laughs) all you oh you only had three lines in it
1: i had about three lines in that yeah Mm. But, I mean, having a song in the, I mean, having Mark Wahlberg sing it, I mean, that's, oh, yeah. I mean, that was great. Yeah. That, was, that nice was cool. That was super cool. My kids get kicked out of that, too.
0: You actually so. did a karaoke one time, and you karaoke your own song, Freshman, right? Oh, yeah. Nobody yeah, knows you. I did, I
1: did that in New Orleans with my wife. We had, we'd had a few, and we <laughs> went into this bar and said, let's do karaoke. Come on, we'll see if they got the Freshman. I'm like, get out of here. She's crazy like that. And sure enough, and hardly anybody was in there and I pulled up that stool and I sang the Freshman <laughs> for <those> people.
2: That <laughs> okay. was a blast. That's amazing.
1: And I thought, That's, I need to do that in every city now. I just want to make that my thing to show up and sing That's my like own that. song. This, this guy came in and he just nailed it. Yeah. Just like him. It no, was insane. People are like, oh, look at this guy trying to sound like him, you know. Like him.
0: That's like the Charlie Chaplin story where he was in a lookalike That's contest. He got, like, yeah. third place.
2: Yeah, the- he lost. I know yeah. That. Is that true? That's yeah. True. Oh, that's a true yeah, story. True. Yeah.
0: Charlie Chaplin entered a look-alike contest for Charlie Chaplin, and he got third place. He didn't even win it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Those judges. <laughs> bad. There's so a Chet good.
3: Atkins thing, too, where he, uh, uh, he, he was playing, and uh, afterwards somebody said, well, he's pretty good, but he's no Chet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's no chet atkins yeah he he might have a future he should he's no chet
1: that's like that uh that's like that jeremy you know jeremy piven is yeah yeah, yeah we just piven. had doug we, ellen yeah, on we, from
0: entourage
1: oh yeah all right there you go yeah so jeremy P- piven likes to tell that story of when they wanted a Jer- jeremy piven type character and he went in an audition and he didn't get the part <laughs>
0: That's funny. I hope I'm famous enough someday to actually get to do to something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, just to be able to karaoke my own song or something, you know, or have a be an actor. I don't know. You know, you, you get the point. Uh, can we expect an <laughs> uh, acoustic album soon?
1: Yes. it. Nice. Um, I've just finished a Verve Pipe record and, uh, you know, a new Verve Pipe record, and then I put out that album of covers that just came out. People can go to my website, Com, and I do um, – Let's say I do In Your Eyes, Peter Gabriel. I do Boys of Summer. I do, uh, and it's mostly acoustic. You know, I do Wichita, Lime Man, one of my favorite songs. Oh, very cool. Uh, and then now I'm writing for the new acoustic uh, record, which I'm going to probably record here and have it out here in the next, I'm going to say next year. So, when
0: is, the, so is, the, is the Verve Pipe album already out?
1: No, it's now it's uh, in the final mix. Mixes are happening now. So And that's been a two-year process, so.
0: Do you have a date that's that coming
1: out? No, not yet. What we do and what worked for our last record is we usually release uh, one song out on the social media and get hype about that song, and then we'll release another song the next month, and we did that for 12 months. And then at the end, you have your album, and then you sell your album. Uh, but you keep getting people to come back to your social media sites all the time right. every month to hear a new song, you know? So it worked pretty well for us. I think that's probably what we'll do this time, too. So Nice. And So it's independent. So oh yeah, it's 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 been independent since two thousand one. Yeah,
0: I love yeah. that. Which
1: is nice. Like
0: I so do. Good. I love that. I mean,
1: if you got a good distribu if you got good distribution, that's all you need. You know, honestly, I tell kids that all the time. Don't sign your life away to a giant record deal. I appreciate you. Know, you, for you.
0: I appreciate you covering one of my songs on that cover album too. That means a lot. You
1: betcha! Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> meant the world
0: to me. It was like opening I know for that Kiss.
1: song about the person's thing. Yeah, the thing, thing and thing and the thing and the and the girl
0: person. and it's stuff, so, yeah. The thing that, that went
1: wrong. Yeah, that's,
0: that's it. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> so I know you loved it when you so heard it. Good. It's like a rainbow
1: and. Flowers. while we're talking about this while we're talking about this that's the way i heard about you or saw you from the first time was your amazing cover of my song you don't know what an honor maybe you do because you probably have people do that to your songs but that was a huge honor for me really when you when you covered the freshman absolutely i mean i, I get a lot of that people for that for cover it <laughs> people you <more> people <laughs> cover mine they
0: cover my version of Ice Ice Baby. That's what they cover of mine.
1: Oh yeah. And then they
0: and then they say the Marty Ray Project version. So I have not yet right. gotten to the pl- well. There's a few people, but nobody like uh, uh, that has anything. No, because I don't have a song as legendary as yours. I'm surprised that. I mean, there's tons of Verve. Pie. I was so shocked and talk about being honored when I saw your tweet. I was like. I sent that to my buddies and I was like, how crazy is this, man? This is this is Brian Ark right here that heard my cover of his song and I was just floored.
1: And then I thought it was one of the best things I had heard. In fact, of all the covers I've heard, that's gotta be in my top. I gotta be in my top two or three that I can even think of of anybody covering the song because you did your own thing with it. You know, it's your voice sounds great. I mean, it's beautiful, and you really honored the song. I mean, I loved it. Wow. Loved it man yeah. no, I meant them. thank I you meant Brian, that. and then thank you for following me on Instagram of course man i enjoy your uh I enjoy your stories I feel
0: like we're <laughs> good. I feel like we're we're friends even though he's from kalamazoo you know what I mean
1: I'm not from Kalamazoo now don't go that sorry I'm, from <laughs> I'm sorry
0: Detroit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, man! interview over <laughs> interview over
1: <laughs> and he just leaves the camera oh, going yeah. the it, talent it, is it. not happy <laughs> after no. everything he's been through that's what it takes yeah that's right.
0: uh, <laughs> you, you tell him he's from Detroit and yeah. that's what it takes to get him off after all the beginning of that that would be something else wouldn't it mm-hmm. and then we leave here and say I ain't an air in this <laughs> <laughs> oh man! hashtag
1: let's make detroit michigan again
0: yeah let's make detroit michigan again <laughs> oh, yeah. oh boy brian i love you to death man and i thank you for being on i really do i'm honored by it and uh i really man, appreciate this is you.
1: a lot of fun you guys are really good at this you should make this kind of a thing
2: <laughs>
0: oh really we're I trying our best the- out here <laughs> we're trying to I know get us- a of the joke or trout no, and that was a great. Uh, was that a joke? Uh, <laughs> you, you wouldn't. That's would say. Uh, yeah, he he said that
3: at the end, We must have did something because at the first of it, he wouldn't have said that. At the first, he was like, the, <laughs> he's like, why am I
2: here?
0: Why? We what is going on here? <laughs> when, yeah, when he was going, hey guys, uh, if you want to reschedule, uh, yeah. <laughs> don't call me, uh, but you I'll, might want to look for manager. another guest. So well, that's what he was saying, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but he was actually we were seeing. Yeah, yeah Yeah, I'm here. I'm, I'm looking at it on my on my Instagram, going back and forth. I was I was wondering how long it was going to take for him to hit unfollow. To be honest. I was oh, that, thought it was going to be that saying, would be huh. amazing
3: if someone unfollowed you while they were on
1: the show. This, can't let this go you any farther.
0: <laughs> block. Yeah, like, how crazy would have been if no. I was sending messages? i was like Brian. I think we got it figured out. It says you can't send messages to this person. <laughs> that would be amazing.
1: You guys Uh, are Detroit to me now.
0: You're Detroit to me now. He sends that and then blocks me. You're Detroit, block. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, I Uh, share that with the world, Brian. You understand? (laughs) Be careful. Be very, very careful.
2: It's
1: a joke.
0: We end every show with an unbelievable fact. So here's the unbelievable fact for this episode. I hope you're ready. All right. I'm ready. You might think it's not true, but I assure you that it is. It's hard to believe. It's an unbelievable fact. There's a packing problem when it comes to fruit, and apparently Korea has solved it. They grow their fruit in square plastic molds so that it will grow into a perfectly packable square fruit. Ben, show Brian that before we go. That is Korea fruit. Is that real? That's real. That's
1: real. That's real. Yeah.
0: They y- grow it that's in cre- You can
1: make it into hearts and you can also do other shapes as well. Can oh you imagine that? Yeah,
0: Seeing a square a little square fruit like cubert. Looks like cubert fruit. Wow.
1: And what's the reason again for them doing that? It's cuz it, they, they packing say it's purpose? it's easier it's easier to package. Well, and
0: it probably
3: yeah. uh if it's closer together, uh oxygen uh, air can't get to it, so it would be probably stay better, stay good better. Hey, you're no botanist. I am. You understand me? Let me tell you something. <coughs> I know what I'm talking Scientific about. Scientific
1: over here. I love that I love it that people aren't just taking, you know, God's work as good enough. You gotta <laughs> I <know. laughs> Yeah, I know, right? You gotta squeeze it yeah. into a smaller <laughs> box. You grow in there. You'll grow in this life little world, box, boy. Life
0: ball. <laughs> Yeah, you're not you perfect really like I want you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because because it's not convenient for us. That shape's not convenient. Imagine for having packing. to
1: put that thing around <laughs> <Yeah>. every apple, <laughs> you know, like on, on a tree. Yeah, who does that? Who yeah. puts the
0: plastic thing around every apple seed? Like, what is? How does That's that work?
1: The when they're smaller, they're, they they go around and they put. I've seen a video on it. They put they put this box around it, and they like I said, they have different different shapes.
0: All, all we need in this world is more plastic containers to grow apples in. <laughs> yeah, right. It's exactly
1: right. You know it's what I'm saying? The exact opposite of like doing good. Yeah, when it more is. In, in many it. ways,
0: yeah. apples look good yeah, as a round yeah. fruit. So do oranges. We don't need more plastic. Right. They should do away with it. Korea, you heard it here first. Brian Vander Ark, Vander Ark <laughs> hates. Korea. (laughs) I've got all three of them now. (laughs) Thank you so much. No, he loves Korea. Thank you so much. Ryan, God bless you. I love you, brother. Thanks for your patience. You guys are the
1: best. That was a lot of fun. So good to meet you, man. Good to meet you guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Ah, thank y'all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project chats. And a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it.